You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romamu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. So tonight's a special night, everyone. Tonight's a special night. Tomorrow's a special day. Part of the beginning of the high holiday season. Of course, we've been gearing up for a while now. But tonight, tonight is Rosh Chodesh Elul. It's the beginning of the month that precedes Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. It's a 30-day period of preparation, of preparing, pre-pray, getting our mindset together. Elul, which is the name of the month, Elul. In our tradition, for some reason, Elul is connected with the first letters of a very well-known verse in the book Shir HaShirim in the Song of Songs. For some reason, Elul, which is spelled in Hebrew, Aleph, Lamed, Vav, Lamed, Elul, Aleph, Lamed, Vav, Lamed, Elul, is associated with the verse, Anili Dodi Vidodili. I am to my beloved and my beloved is to me. Ani le dodi vedodi li, ani aleph, right? Le dodi, lamed, ve dodi li, vav, li is lamed elul. And I don't know about you, but the first thing that comes to mind when I think of preparing for the high holidays isn't romance. Let me say that again because I don't know if that landed. I can see the fans moving, but the, I don't see the hourglass. So let me just get this going a little. Elul. Anile dodive dodili. Elul is in almost everywhere you look in the tradition. It's like, wake up, everybody. It's a month before the big day. And the month that is the sixth month that is Elul, the preparation for repentance, for returning, for fixing, for mending, is associated with a verse in the erotic song of songs that says, I am to my beloved and my beloved is to me. Rapprochement, romance. So it has me thinking about mountains. How's that for a, a turn right there? You didn't see that one coming, right? It has me thinking about mountains. That was like more than 90 degrees. That was like... Because tomorrow morning, we will read the Parsha that almost always coincides with the month of preparation. Behold, see. Moses says to the people, I give you today the blessing and the curse. See. See the choices in your life. See. Visualize. Have perspective. And then tomorrow morning, Moses will say, when you come into the land that I will show you, place the blessings on one mountain and place curses on another mountain as an enduring testimony to these choices. These two mountains will represent our lives before us, the mountain of bracha and the mountain of kala. Bracha and kala, blessing and curse. 
the Targum, the Aramaic translation of the Torah says that when Moses says, when you are to come into Israel, place blessing on this mountain and curse on this, it doesn't mean actually bless or curse the mountain. Yat bircha let the blessers be on the top of this mountain and those who are the cursers, as it were, be on this mountain. And it just gives you that sense of, of perspective, right? Climb the mountain towards blessing. Get to the top of the mountain and look, see from that mountain that perspective, that elevation, that being able to rise above is prerequisite for the ability to make choices in our lives that are the right choices for us. Behold, Moses, our teacher, says to us, I am placing before you today living and dying, curse and blessing, and make sure you choose appropriately. This week I've been a stay-at-home Abba. I've been a stay-at-home dad this week. I took um, my boys every day. It's so great to get to decide what to do with them. And so one day this week we decided that we were going to go to Brooklyn because the day before we had gone somewhere in Nyack where there's a place called Bounce, which has a lot of trampolines and things you can jump into. And Bear liked it, Tali liked it a little bit, but really my younger son Tali loves to climb. And so I promised him I was going to find a place where he could climb. So there I am Googling, and I find this place in Brooklyn called Brooklyn Boulders. Anybody know this place? Brooklyn Boulders. Outrageous, right? This huge warehouse. And you walk in, and it's like a whole subculture of those crazy people that climb mountains and have chalk on their hands. And with their fingers, they're doing pull-ups. You know those, you know? And I'm just, everybody who knows me knows this, and now everybody here, even if you don't know me, will know this. I'm afraid of heights. (laughs) But one of the most amazing things was that um, it looked so easy when I walked in. I looked at the first wall, and I was thinking, (laughs) come on. Because I walked in with this guy who was like a PhD student in Princeton, and he had the serious shoes on, and he had the harness on, and I was like, a strong, strapping guy. And I looked at the mountain in front, like this little, it was like eight feet and little things to put your hands on. And I thought, what? dude, you could do that with your elbows, man. What are you going to do with that? And then I, one by one, I watched these people. Like, like well, there was one bodybuilder that was like, looked like Lou Ferrigno. He was huge. And he, and he could barely do it. Like he was, his foot kept slipping off. He'd get up to one place and then he would try to put his foot in another place and it was just amazing to watch. And what I got from this day on the mountain, artificial as it was, was that as you are ascending that mountain, the only way to make it to the top of that, not so arduous, but it was about 20 feet up, 30 feet up, is that you can't just put your foot on an obvious place. If you try to find, you know, it's like you stand looking at and go, okay, I'm going to put my foot right there, I'll put my hand over there, uh-uh. You have to follow the directions. You've got to follow the colors. Some of the handholds are big, some of the footholds are this big. In other words, in one mountain there is blessing and curse. In one mountain, there is the obvious and the subtle. In one mountain, there are places where you can land and stay and places where you are about to fall. And even if you have the best design plan, you're in the middle of that climb. To get that re'eh, that perspective, 
and it's going to be painful. You're going to want to stop. You're going to look down and go, oh my gosh. Remind yourself you're 46 years old and you're in front of your six-year-old, you know. <laughs> and the, the ugliness, the things that don't look like they can propel you further on your journey are where your feet must become accustomed to bringing into your climb. That little, little piece of plastic that you think to yourself, oh, that's not enough to get a foothold on. They put it there. You gotta push off. You wanna get to the mountain of bracha and klala. You gotta climb with the big and the small, with the beautiful and the ugly, with the light and the dark. You gotta bring it all in. It makes sense then that Anile Dodi Vidodi Li, that this month of preparation is related to a romantic relationship or to a love relationship, because guess what, everybody? Once you commit to climbing the mountain, once you commit to being whole hog, can I say that in shul? I thought it, but can I say that? I just said it. Once you commit to that, you are in. You are in. When it's ugly, you are in. Obviously, it depends how ugly it is, and you have a belay, and you can jump back. But for all intents and purposes, you have to be willing to begin the climb and continue it, even when it doesn't feel great. Even when you don't have an obvious foothold or a handhold, it's not going to be perfect. But you commit to the climb. That is tshuva. That is relationship, that is returning, that is tikkun, that is fixing. That is what we're doing this month. We are climbing tshuva mountain. We are climbing Chuva Mountain, and it will not be easy. Rav Kook writes, the great Rav Kook writes in his book, Ora to Chuva, Lights of Penitence, When a person's heart awakens to do some fixing in their life, he says, when you awaken to begin to fix your life, don't be surprised if at that moment when you try to make some kind of small change in your life, that you feel all of a sudden as if what was before perfect is now imperfect. Everything was great until I decided to look at the thing. And once I start looking at it, then it's over. He says, no, that's the way it goes. You join a community. Let's say you step into a place like Romamu. You think, wow, the first week is unbelievable. The first month, the first six months, the honeymoon. Wow, every other synagogue I went to, they don't even ask me my name, let alone ask me to embarrass myself and stand up in front of a, you know, 300 strangers. The rabbi is so accessible. They sing such beautiful songs. It's not like that other synagogue on that other mountain over there. No, 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 no. And then you start climbing. You come to one synagogue service and somebody forgets to say hello to you. Wow, I thought it was so friendly here. You go to another synagogue service and the rabbi forgets about the email that you sent that was so important. But, mm. And then a year passes, two years. It's not like it what it was two years ago and three years ago. And now they're changing and it's too big and it's too small. And they don't sing the songs that I like anymore. And all of a sudden... How do I jump off this mountain? At every single new member orientation at Romamu, 
we end the new member orientation with my saying this. I say, our relationship will begin when I disappoint you. Our relationship will begin when you knock on my door and say, you know, Rabbi, you forgot something. That's when our real relationship will begin. So I'm asking you tonight, all of you here in Romamu, whether you're a member or not, wherever you go to synagogue or mosque or church or wherever you go, are the relationships in your life, are those romantic, professional, friendship relationships strong enough to handle the ugly steps that you have to take to fix them? Is it worth it? Because tshuva, like love, means that we look at everything. I couldn't believe what came across my desk this week from no less than Daniel Gordas. I'm not a politician. This is not a political statement. But Daniel is a very well-known and staunch advocate of the state of Israel. And he writes this. Loving a country like loving a person means loving it warts and all and being willing to demand that the object of our love be better. Willing to demand that the object of our love be better. We have 30 days. I've heard through the grapevine, some people sometimes have been upset with me, with Romimu, with Judaism. 30 days. I've heard through the grapevine that there are some relationships in here that could use some attention. 30 days. I've heard through the grapevine that there's some of us who've torn up the contract we made last year to become X, Y, and Z by the coming year. 30 days. 30 days has Elul. 30 days has Elul. To look at the warts and all, to write the emails, to dredge it up from where you've pushed it, to say, you know, this is too important to walk away from. This is too big a mountain to climb. I need to bring it all with me. I want to bless you all with the strength to be in real relationship. Warts and all. And may God bless each and every one of us to climb the mountain together in honesty, with integrity, and with not a little bit of humility as we look and think, well, that's not so hard. We can do it. Please rise.